MTHFR, if you've heard of it, many people have, some people haven't. It stands for, it's, it's an acronym, and it stands for methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase. That's a mouthful, okay? So it's basically a gene that all of us have, and it helps process the leafy greens that we get from our, our salads, um, our Brussels sprouts, it helps process that into a very usable B vitamin called B9. When it came to eating and dieting, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I interviewed over a thousand women and I said, what did you do? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what did you eat? How'd you do it? If you wanna learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, The Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, I'm so excited for my next guest. She is a pilot and meteorologist turned into a functional medicine chiropractic physician. And she specializes in nutrient. Can you say that for me? It's nutrigenomic support. Yes, you got it. Nutrigenomic support for those who have genetic polymorphism for MTHFR. So welcome, Dr. Emily Hecker. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today and chat a little bit about MTHFR and my journey and health in general. So talk to me. So that is that is kind of an extreme. You went from being a pilot, a meteorologist, and now you're a fun- functional medicine chiropractic physician. That's such a wide range. How did that come to be? I know. Isn't that funny? Um, uh, so I, I've always loved the weather. I love energy. I can detect it in the sky, in the clouds, as most people can when fronts come through. Their bodies will tell them, hey, there's something coming in. Um, and I, I, I really love science. And so I went and uh, got my degree in meteorology from Oklahoma as an undergrad, loved it, and um, also became a pilot at the time, too. I love mechanical. I love working with my hands. My sister's a pilot. She taught me to fly. And um, after college, I was sitting at a desk job and my back was hurting me. I was 23. And that shouldn't normally happen. You know, I was young. I was uh, you know, functional and, and all of a sudden my back was hurting me. So I decided to go to a chiropractor. You see, when I was growing up, you don't go to a chiropractor, you go to the medical doctor and you get medication for that. And so I chose a different route and it worked. I was amazed at this. So I decided I'm going to do this. I love this. I want to put my hands on people. My, you can help headaches, help back pain. And so that really drove me to, to, to want to get into alternative healthcare. And after I got in that, I realized, you know, I mean, I need the experience. And so I worked at a functional medicine chiropractic office and I fell in love with what it was. I had no clue what functional medicine was. And most people don't. But now the trend is that people are searching for functional medicine because they want answers to their health. So that's what got me into the realm of functional medicine. I now specialize in functional medicine, even though I am a chiropractic physician. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. There's a fantastic chiropractic school and a ton of awesome chiropractors here. So we refer back and forth. You know, I don't accept new chiropractic patients. I refer them out to my colleagues. They refer them to me when it's time to work in the functional medicine realm. 
Awesome. That's so great. Um, So tell us a little bit about your own wellness journey. So as far as has anything dramatically happened since all the things that you've kind of learned, like maybe your top three things that have kind of taken your own wellness to another level? Yeah, I am. You know, I, I have two boys. I'm a mom. First of all, I'm a mom and I'm a wife and my, my boys are six and eight years old. And when I was, um, when I was pregnant and after I had my, my second son, then, so my husband travels as well. So he's gone quite a bit. I was basically a single mom at home with two young boys. They're 18 months apart. And I was going crazy. I would reach for the sugar. I've been there. You know, I would gain weight every time the baby would cry. I would go eat a Hershey's bar from Halloween. Right. So, uh, you know, I've been in those situations. I see what a drug sugar is and can soothe and can help people. And so I made a a choice about five years ago to say, you know what, I'm going to, this has got to stop. You know, I've, I, I'm, I do this for a living. I, I know I'm in this, this zone of unhealth. Um, and so I went and uh, changed my diet. Really, I really changed my diet. And it's funny because I was eating paleo at the time. I was working out with a personal trainer. I was spending a ton of money doing that, but I only lost six pounds. And I was probably pushing about 200 pounds. And, um, and so that really opened my eyes because I'm like, here I am dedicating, I'm eating paleo, I'm working with a trainer, but yet I'm not seeing the reflection in my body composition change. So that's when I went and did a different type of program, really, really monitored the types in the, the quantity of food that I ate. I lost about 50 pounds. I kept it off. And now I'm really looking at investigating the, the love of fasting you know, the science behind fasting, um, the science behind calorie restriction, and what happens when um, the body can't do that anymore, when the metabolism gets set. And so I'm working, and I have a love for working with patients who want to lose weight. Um, you know, with the intermittent fasting that you do, I, I, I love it. I, I see that people can get great results. But when you combine that piece with functional medicine, then you're going to really get those people who, who can't fast, who just their adrenals can't tolerate it, you know, or they're dealing with some pathogenic bacteria, or they've been in an environment with mold and they cannot clear it. And so they can't lose the weight because there's something going on internally that doesn't allow them to get the results that they want. So that kind of brings my journey into a little niche of where I got into what I do um, with the functional medicine piece. So talk to us about just a normal day in the life of Emily, like what did what did you eat? When did you eat it? Do you do how long do you do intermittent fasting? And talk to us about that for just a little bit and exactly what your diet looks like. Yeah, and that changes, you know, it, it as we learn and research and see things, you know, um, about five years ago, I really got into ketogenic because I know that to to go into a fasting state, you are producing ketones. And so I really dove into this whole ketogenic approach way before it became popular. Now you go to Target and you see all kinds of keto cookbooks, right? And, and it's, it's, it's just really hitting the market. And, and, uh, and so I, I love that, um, that component of the ketogenic realm of, of things. Now, let's see here. So, 
So your question, what was your question? Just what do you, what do you do? Like talk to us about your diet. Yes. What do you do? It starts with the keto. So, um, so keto has the blend in to fasting. So fasting is kind of a newer thing that I've gotten into, to, uh, dabbling with myself. Um, but a day for me is going to look at, um, I, I do well with fasting. So my body does really well. I'm, I say to people, I'm like a fasting superhero. I can go for five days on a water diet and a bone broth and it, my brain loves it. So a day for me is kind of going to be different what you're going to look at it. So for example, I do better when I fast in the morning for breakfast I'm a busy mom. I got to get my kids off to school. So I don't have time to sit down to make a huge breakfast. Now on the other side, my kids do, they need that energy. They, they need that huge breakfast. I make the eggs, I make bacon for them. Sometimes I'll do a gluten-free waffle, um, for my boys. And, um, for me, I'm having a coffee. It's not every day that I have a coffee, but occasionally I'll have a coffee. Like today, um, it's in St. Louis, it's rainy, it's cold. I needed a coffee this morning. So that was my morning today. For lunch, it depends if I'll do a 24-hour fast. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'll have a nice Greek salad for lunch. Um, I'm inspired currently, and that's what kind of drives eating habits too, is where have you been? What book have you been reading? Um, what, what place have you experienced? I went to Malta a couple of weeks ago, which is a country just south of Italy, and it's in the Mediterranean. And I love learning about the history of that particular country and what they do, especially in the Mediterranean, because it's, it's very ketogenic, it's very fasting, um, and it's built back into the biblical times. So it's funny because I want to bring that fasting approach into this. They talk about it so much in the Bible. And so when I went over to this country that was that Paul was shipwrecked on um, and, and was there back in the Roman times when they when they practiced that fasting, that I implemented more of that into my lifestyle. So I do more of these intermittent types of fasts. For dinner, I'll have a, a piece of fish or I'll have some um, a protein. I'll bring in some vegetables. I have I shop at Trader Joe's. I don't know if you have them where you're yes. at, but we love Trader Joe. I do. I love Trader Joe's. I love it too. Uh-huh. You can get so much there and uh, at a great deal. And and um and so I'll I'll make that for dinner. I like the instant pot. That's something easy. I make a lot of sheet pan meals because you can throw your meat and your protein on there and get your vegetables on there. And, and, uh, it's delicious and fast. So it's important for me to be fast and easy cleanup and quick for my kids. So that's what life and the food looks like for me too. Awesome. So talk to us about the longer fast that you do. So what would you say, what is the longest fast that you've ever done? The longest fast has been probably about five or six days that I've done. And I've really started incorporating that over the past, really the past year. Um, Last March, I did one and I really tied it in to be more spiritual based too. So right at Easter time, I implemented that because I could bring in that spiritual component of reading the Bible, you know, and that's not something that I've done my whole life, you know, and life, everyone's changing, you know, we're all on self-improvement, right? And so I started getting into that, reading that and seeing, wow, this really is so biblical when it comes to this and the research, you can't argue the science behind all of this. So I started a five-day fast. For me, it was easy to jump into the first one I did. Now, that was about a year ago. Now that I've been more into learning about fasting, what I'll do is I'll start implementing some small fasts. 
and I'll, I'll gradually work up to like a 24 hour fast, which is from dinner to dinner. Um, if I feel good, then I'll move on to the next. And it really also depends on what's going on in that week. So if we have an event going on or a celebration, I'll eat. You know, so it's not so restrictive where you're staying on a specific diet for a long period of time. Yes, you need the, you know, the commitment um, and, and the support. But I also find when I'm going into my fasts that when I'm in a ketogenic type of eating a low carb, which that essentially is just making sure you're not eating sugar. We, 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 your sugar is, is killing us as a society. So, so decreasing sugar intake makes it so much easier to get into a fast, no matter if it's a, you know, eight hour fast, if it's a 16, if it's a, it's a 24 hour, I find that that really helps my patients um, and myself get into that zone where they can start burning fat for a fuel, whether the goal is weight loss or whether it's mitochondrial function because they're dealing with chronic illness. So um, there's many ways to look at it. Many people want the weight loss piece, uh, me, me included, you know, but some people don't want the weight loss, but they want the benefits of a fast. Mm-hmm. And that's where we work with optimizing mitochondrial function and the, the research behind a ketogenic diet behind intermittent fasting um, is, is, is building so much up to brain function and neurodegeneration. Awesome. For listeners who don't know what MTHFR is, talk about that and what is your, how do you help people with that? Yes, that's a lot of times how people find me. Um, And all of this goes together, the fasting piece and the the genetic piece. So MTHFR, if you've heard of it, many people have, some people haven't. It stands for, it's, it's an acronym, and it stands for methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase. That's a mouthful, okay? So it's basically a gene that all of us have, and it helps process the leafy greens that we get from our our salads, um, our Brussels sprouts. It helps process that into a very usable B vitamin called B9. So we need to eat foods to assimilate the vitamins to function. Now, B9 is an important nutrient because it helps with clotting, um, prevention of clotting. Um, It also helps make the the DNA work. It helps protect the cellular structure of all of our cells. And we need that, you know, to prevent aging, you know, as, as we age um, or just even as we, we have new tissue that needs regeneration, we rely on that enzyme or gene. So when you think of a gene, what happens, think of it in terms of a factory. So we have a factory that has to produce something. That gene, that MTHFR, is a gene that produces the, the, the folate that your body is going to have to utilize later. And there's a lot, there's hundreds of thousands of genes in the body. That's one of them that has gotten popular. And so what happens is a lot of, especially women, will um, have miscarriages or they're dealing with infertility or they're finding that they have blood clots and that their doctor will run this blood test, um, and they'll find that they have MTHFR. Now it's also tested via saliva as well. So there's a couple ways that people can can find if they have this genetic um, polymorphism, meaning that that gene, that factory is not working great. Like for example, you have this factory that's supposed to have a hundred workers in it. And really it has about 50 workers in it. Half of them are out sick or they, they're dealing with um, you know, traffic, they can't get to the factory. So you're not able to produce that, that product, that product being B9. 
Got it. And then talk about genetic polymorphism. Yes. So that's where those factories aren't working. Um, Whether because, and this is where epigenetics, that term comes into play, and that's that's becoming a popular term now. But when, when happens when you have a genetic polymorphism is that that gene is not able to work properly. Um, some people are born with a gene that just has 50 workers or has 75 workers in it. And so it doesn't, it's not able to produce the amount of, of product that it can. So when, what affects that also genetic wise is the epigenetics. What's in our environment that's affecting the output of that factory. So think of this. So say we have this factory but now we have, we have some acid rain falling from, from the pollution. Think of this as the toxic waste that's in our environment. So you go outside and you, know, you have a factory literally outside your door that is raining down acid rain on you and you're breathing that in or you're eating that, that vegetable from, from the grocery store that has pesticides on it. That's impacting that structure of that, um, of that factory, of that gene. So it's going to make it not work well. So what we do in functional medicine is I can't change your genes. Nobody can change that. Only God can, you know, can do that. That's what your mom and your dad gave you when you were born. But what we can do is we can help make it work better. So if you were born with about 50 workers and then you have on top of it, some food sensitivities, where you can't deal with anything, um, you're not, you don't handle dairy well, for example, or you have uh, it mold in your environment, or you're dealing with histamine intolerance because you have a pathogenic uh, bacteria that you got from Mexico when you were traveling uh, to Cancun, you know, so all of that will impact how that factory, how that gene works. And so you may have some symptoms and there's a lot of people with symptoms that they'll find um, or miscarriage or infertility or blood clotting disorders. And that's how people really find and come to this MTHFR piece. It's not the answer for everything, but it is one piece of the puzzle that can help your body detox. And that is a key thing with why we need that gene working well is because we want your body to detox the bad stuff. Awesome. So in my newest edition of my book, Waste Away, I talk about how people don't have to deprive themselves when it comes to food, but everyone needs to decide for themselves what are their red light, yellow light, and green light foods. And so red light are foods that your your body just doesn't do well with at all. Like you just feel terrible when you eat this. Yellow light's like, I don't feel great, but I don't feel awful. I'll have a little bit of it. So what are your red light and yellow light foods for you personally? Yes. So, and it's funny because it changes, um, especially with pregnancy. I noticed because your immune system's going up and down with that. I can't tolerate lots of gluten. I can't tolerate lots of dairy. Um, I also cannot tolerate lots of tomatoes. Um, and it, everyone has those different things that show up differently with me when I have tomatoes, which is probably be a, a, a kind of a green moving into a yellow light for me. I can't move my joints very well when I have lots of, especially tomatoes. Um, I can tolerate them on occasions. There's also histamine involved with that. So depending on where I am in my cycle, um, I might have a yellow food when it's going to have higher histamines, um, like coffee, like chocolate, um, spinach. Those are some things, salmon, 
those are some things that can make me turn into a yellow light right before my period. So I know to avoid them. Um, also gluten. I don't do that well with gluten. I know my body doesn't. I know my kids don't. And it, it, I know my mom doesn't. There's some genetic factors in the play there for me. I know I don't do well with sugar. That's a red one. And it, it's hard when it's Halloween time or when it's Thanksgiving, when you turn into the holiday season, it's, it's hard to, to work with those just as a human, because you're around all these different social events and, and, um, and, but knowing that those particular foods can cause a red light experience, then I, I, I generally stay away. I'm human. And so I will have them and I do things to moderate those, like take certain enzymes or I'll help with um, removal of those products with some binders and charcoal. Um, so there's ways to get around those and a ways to help build that up. But those are some some key ones for me that that I personally. Hey, guys, um, I hope you're enjoying avoid. the episode so far. But as you know, I've interviewed over a thousand women. And every time I've watched a thin eater eat, I realize that maintaining a healthy weight is a skill that can be taught and mastered over time. That's why I created a video course that will teach you all the tips that I learned to help me lose over 30 pounds. It's way more powerful to watch The Thin Eaters than even to listen or to read it. Go to ChantalRayWay.com video for a free glimpse. If you're wanting to take yourself to the next level, everyone needs a coach. Every professional player has a coach. We want to come alongside you and help you in your journey. Go to ChantalRayWay.com slash coaching. I just had someone listen to the audiobook three times and she just emailed me and she said by her listening to the audiobook three times, that's what did it. That's what allowed her to really lose the weight. We have an amazing offer for you. It's the second edition of my book, which has tons more information. It has the audiobook, the ebook. It normally runs for $29.99. You can get it today for $4.99. Go to ChantelRayway.com slash deal to get it. Now back to the show. All right. Well, let's jump right into the listener questions. This first one is from Luke in Memphis. I think I may have a histamine intolerance. How would I know if I do? Luke in Memphis. Yes. So Luke, so histamine intolerance. So if you're ha- so histamine is really interesting because you might be hearing this word Luke has because he's probably heard me talk about it a little bit. Um, but and even with, with our listeners, you, when you think of histamine, you think of allergens, like antihistamines, you think of pollens. And a lot of times how you'll express that people will have runny noses They'll have itchy skin, but also it presents a little differently too. And this is where um, a lot of patients, and Luke, this might be you as well. You've, you've been from different doctor to different doctor, whether it's you're having some cardiovascular heart palpitations, or you might be having headaches that, man, no matter what you're doing, no matter you're eating healthy, but you have this headache going on. Um, or you might be having um, some, some rashes come out on your skin or really itchiness that doesn't make sense. So there's different modes that these histamines can play out in your body. And um, really linking those together is, is a key concept. And I'm finding that with, with a lot of patients. So as far as if, you're, if you have a histamine intolerance, it's working with a functional provider. So if you can find someone in your area that is a functional medicine provider that has experience with, with histamine intolerance, that's going to be huge for you. But there's certain foods 
that are high in histamine as well. And so you'd want to be aware, play around with taking them out of your diet. I mentioned them a little bit earlier. So chocolate is one. Um, uh, strawberries, so Valentine's Day, and you add champagne in the mix. So anything fermented, um, like even just like the healthier types of meats and, and salami, um, alcohol isn't something else as well that produces lots of histamine in your body. So if you're having these histamine type of reactions, you might get a runny nose when you drink alcohol, you might start sniffling. And so there's things that we can look for because it all goes back to the gut environment and rebuilding that gut environment, removing those pathogens. So Luke, find a provider that works with you, or you can try removing some of those high histamine foods. I do have some of those high histamine foods listed on my on my genius food formula program that I have. It's a ketogenic anti-inflammatory um, way of eating. It's kind of paleo in nature, but I have listed on there some high histamine foods that you could work with. Um, that's great. All right. This next one is from Becca in Vancouver. I love wine, but I can't tolerate it anymore having, after having kids. Um, please don't tell me I have to give up my Merlot, Becca in Vancouver. <laughs> yes, that I actually have um, similar experience with that myself after having children. So what happens with that, Becca, is that what, what goes on is your immune system changes when you're pregnant. And um, so that puts you at risk for becoming more susceptible for different autoimmune diseases, as well as becoming susceptible for, for gut infections or just sensitivities to different things. So wine is one of them that produces lots of histamine. So what you can do, Becca, you know, with the wine is one, you need to look at what's going on in your body. So maybe there's there's some, some erosion going on in the cells that line your digestive tract that you need to build back up because within the lining of our cells, we have these little finger-like projections that stick out, these microvilla. And at the tip, the very tip of those microvilla, you produce an enzyme called DAO, diamine oxidase. This enzyme acts like Pac-Man. And it gobbles up all the extra histamine that's in your body. And so if you have a beautiful working digestive tract with microvilli that are intact, you have lots of great Pac-Man that can go and gobble up all the extra histamine. Wine creates lots of histamine. And if the, the lining of your digestive tract has been eroded due to stress, who, who, who of us isn't stressed? then that can actually erode that digestive enzyme that's being produced at the tip of that border. So we're going to be looking for you, um, one, working with a provider, as well as going to be another answer for you. But seeing what we can do with, with building up, colostrum is a great product that can help you. Of course, consult your doctor for you personally, but colostrum helps build that microvilli back up. There's also... Um, some uh, IgG type of products that can help build that. So you can produce your own enzyme. There are a few companies out there that make that DAO enzyme that you can just have on occasion. So on those occasions where you don't want to give up your Merlot, then you can bring in some enzymes to help you break that down and to help you detox a little bit better. 
All right, Dana in Columbia. I've been fasting for about 10 months. I do a six hour eating window and I've lost about 26 pounds. But in the last couple of months, I've hit a plateau. Should I move down to a four hour eating window to kickstart my progress? Or should I go straight to just doing one meal a day? Any ideas, Dana in Columbia? That, well, congratulations. That's fantastic that you've lost that amount. And and um, you're seeing progress. So cheers to progress and not necessarily stepping on the scale and seeing those numbers. So don't let those numbers get you down. Just use your, use those, um, those pants or um, that, that thing that you want to get into. So cheers to you for doing such a good job. Now you want to keep progressing and assuming you still have some body fat on you, then that's when you can continue with your fasting. If you're to the, the, the point where you are at your body composition, you don't want to lose any more, or it would be unhealthy for your body to lose any more fat, then we don't want to progress to a larger fasting window because your body will start the autophagizing process and we'll start removing those, those protein structures that we don't want to lose. So if you still have some body weight and it's okay with your practitioner and your doctor to continue with the fasting, then I would say, yeah, if you feel good with it, move to a 24-hour fast if you can do that. If that's what you said, progress it a little bit more. I think you said you were doing a six-hour, and then you went back to a four. You didn't know if you should go to a four-hour or a six-hour. You can extend that a little bit more. See where your limit is. Push it a little bit. And then you can see just making sure that you're doing okay, that you're monitored properly, and that you're um, you're um, hydrating as well. Hydration is so key, and that you're getting those electrolytes in, like the salt, the Himalayan salt, that you're getting the potassium in. I see that is huge in my patient population. So um, hopefully that helps you out and pushes you along your way. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on our show and tell listeners where they can go and follow you and your work. Yes. So you can find me on my website. I'm, I'm uh, at enlightenstl.com. I'm in St. Louis. I do see patients nationwide. I do have to see you one time in my office just for legal. Um, but you can also find me on social media. I am social. I'm on Facebook at Enlight at actually Dr. Emily STL and on Instagram, Dr. Emily STL. And you can also find my genius food formula to give you some tidbits on the ketogenic way and the, the genetic support uh, at geniusfoodformula.com. Awesome. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayWay.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at ChantelRayWay.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.